Hi, it's Bob, your host for Business Book Review Podcast, sponsored by Vancouver's Make It Business Book Club. I've been having a lot of fun chatting with people about books that have affected their outlook on business. So, sit back and discover why this next book is a great read and if it's a good fit for you. Fantastic uh, running into you and having an opportunity to chat about this book. But before we get into the book, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Uh, now, I help companies uh, principally on strategy, marketing, and sales. And I'm spending most of my time right now with an Ottawa-based software and services company uh, called MB Foster as their director of marketing and sales. Okay. And now, now you've been in the high-tech sales industry for a bit? Yeah, I've spent my entire career since I was a university student at UBC uh, involved in the high-tech industry. Uh, developing, marketing, and selling uh, principally software solutions for enterprise. Okay, and that's just here in BC or is it further afield? No, I've uh, worked in BC for my entire career but sold globally. Okay, great. So let's talk about this book. You were mentioning it a little earlier, some of the things about it sounds pretty relevant to entrepreneurs. Um, what's it called and a little synopsis about it? Sure. So this book is Early Exits by Basil Peters, and Basil is a well-known uh, entrepreneur, uh, angel investor, VC, uh, and developer of uh, technology companies uh, in BC. And he has uh, studied uh, the whole process of technology company formation, development, and then exit, and his book has some fundamental observations which go counter to the current consensus, although I think he is developing a strong following among angel investors and entrepreneurs, that how we look at investing in early stage companies and how we look at exiting uh, is due for a change. And he also uh, has quite a bit to say about venture capital and why you might or uh, more likely might not want to have uh, VCs involved with your company. That's interesting because on the on the book cover, it actually says in brackets, but maybe not for venture capitalists. So he's at odds with their specific philosophy? He's at odds with their business model as how it applies to entrepreneurs and angel investors. He makes a persuasive case uh, in the book that um, once a VC comes on board, typically an angel investor would be looking at an, at least an additional five years before they get their money out and usually they get less. And it also, uh, he makes a pervasive case that for an angel investor and for the entrepreneur, once an angel comes on board, uh, there's a fairly good chance you'll get nothing. And most of that is based on the VC's business model. It's, it's not personal, as the VC's would say. It's how they have to make money. Uh, they have to see 10 times returns on their investments and they come in at a later stage. So if a business has been going for five years, it's kind of got its initial market penetration, it's on the growth curve, uh, it may be very well positioned, Basil would argue, to exit. In fact, it may be most ideal time in the entire company's history to exit and maximize the returns for the angel investors and for the entrepreneur. To bring a VC on at that stage uh, probably means another eight to 10 years before you get an exit and the VC uh, will be looking for a 10 times return if it's the first VC, if it's an A round. 
Whereas the angel and the entrepreneur might have been very happy with a three or five times return. And you know, a VC puts in $20 million and you have to have, you have to be able to sell a company for $200 million. That's a big jump. That's a big jump. Basil also makes quite a case and he uh, provides quite a bit of evidence, anecdotal and uh, qualitative evidence that the sweet spot for technology company exits is around the $30 million mark. And again, for most uh, angel investors, for most entrepreneurs who started a company and probably still have a very significant stake, uh, if all they've taken is angel money, a uh, $30 million sale results in a lot of money for everyone. And uh, he suggests that for large companies in North America today, most uh, senior leaders in those companies recognize that uh, large companies are ineffective at doing innovative re research. And many are cutting back their R&D budgets and amping up their acquisition budgets. And the way they're innovating is by acquiring innovative young companies. Before we go on there, that, I was at a seminar um, about a year ago, and that was one of the, the, the big issues that British Columbia has. It has all these small you know, 5, 10, 15 million dollar companies that, that are all venture capital capital driven they're growing and by the time they get to the 30 to 50 million dollar mark they get it bought out by a larger conglomerate well basil peters would argue that uh, that's actually a pretty sound strategy and that we shouldn't necessarily uh, see ourselves you know in a bad light uh, doing that in that uh, the biggest returns as investors that we can get is probably those 30 to 30 million dollar uh, sales, which some people call flips. Uh, but the reality is that the big companies, that's their sweet spot. That's what they're looking for. Uh, Google and Microsoft typically don't make acquisitions much above that mark. In fact, he gives many examples of companies that were purchased more in the $10 million range. Uh, Rightly uh, was sold, was a Vancouver company, uh, which produced the first word-like interface, which is part of Google Documents and the rumored acquisition cost for Rightly was $10 million. Uh, Flickr sold to Yahoo for rumored $30 million. So those are all, you know, kind of typical of what we see and produce fantastic returns for investors and the entrepreneurs involved. And Basil suggests that it would be better if we could make more companies that could get to that point to flip at $30 million, if we want to use that kind of language, uh, versus trying to build two or three you know, really big ones which are going to try and grow to that uh, 200, 300, 400 million range of which we've only had a few. Mm, okay, uh, so that means fundamentally when you're, when you're building your business plan for your, your business endeavor, you should be looking at a much shorter lifespan to hit your 30 million mark to get out instead of like, oh no, we've got to go to 200, 300, 400 million to be considered a, a viable uh, investment option. Yeah, and the reality is that most startup entrepreneurs aren't even thinking about the exit at all. And I think that's one of the reasons this is an important book. Uh, even among angel investors, we're, we have ver various different angels have different strategies. I know some angel investors who argue you shouldn't think about the exit um, early on because you really don't know where the company's going to go, and there's some validity to that. Uh, Basil would argue you should be thinking about the exit almost from the get-go. 
Do you think it's it's kind of the mentality of, of, of the business community that's saying like, okay, it's kind of a dream or a fantasy. Oh yeah, one day I'll get bought out. But they don't really take that concept seriously and they haven't really built that into their long-term business trend. Business yeah, trend. I think that there's some aspects of that. Um, uh, Basil in his book uh, contains, I believe, three case studies. He may have more on his website uh, where he shows, like, for example, Parasun. Uh, when he came on as an investor, he sat down with uh, Barry Carlson, who was the uh, co-founder and the first chairman of Parasun, and he sat down with, with Barry, with Steve McDonald, who was the CEO and co-founder, and the other board members, and they did a strategic re retreat off-site, which is something Basil believes you have to do. You need to do day-long retreats for these kind of things, and, and, or day-and-a-half-long retreats. And, you know, over a very long dinner, uh, they hammered out uh, what it was that they wanted to do. And they had a three-year plan, and they had an idea of what they wanted to sell the business for. And really, that was, that was the core was just that commitment. The commitment is we are committed to selling this company in three years' time. And then from that, they worked out, you know, how to do that. And a lot of this book talks about some of the fundamental things that you can do as an entrepreneur, uh, that if you do all the way along will make your valuation and your potential to exit earlier and for more money uh, much more likely. Uh, Basil argues that you can easily make a difference of 50% uh, on your final selling price wow. uh, based on a few simple principles which he talks about in the book. So it's, you know, it's a critically important book for business people to be reading. It does, and he gives a lot of concrete ideas uh, he, Basil also talks about on his blog and in this book about the structure of any company really. Uh, he's targeting high-tech companies because that's his expertise. But I think a lot of it is fundamental business fundamentals about how you structure your business, how the initial partners uh, are invested, you know, how they take shares, uh, shareholder agreements, uh, option plans. I mean, he talks about all of these things in terms of basics, in terms of how the motivation works, in terms of his experience of doing this over and over and over again. And Basil has exited multiple times, including his first company, which was a massive exit, um, just about blocked by a VC, which Basil didn't realize just how much the VC wanted to block the exit. But it was a classic case of the company selling for uh, four or five times the initial investor's investment, including the VCs, uh, and the VC feeling that for their business model they needed a ten times return, and so they were doing everything possible to block the sale. If you want an exit strategy, VCs maybe not the best way to go. Yeah, VCs are, are not the way to go, and, and Basil dedicates a chapter of the book to VCs and kind of the unwritten rules uh, that, that VCs won't tell you about. He's not saying never take VC money, just understand if you're going to. It's probably going to look like this. And there's, he, he spends the first kind of third of the book discussing the path forward with angel investors versus with, PC, with VCs and what that looks like. Okay, now, you know, we've been discussing this for, for, for a bit now. There is a wealth of information in this book, and people are probably imagining, my God, this thing must be three or four inches thick. It's not a very big book. That, that's what, like two centimeters thick? Yeah, it's a couple hundred pages yeah. of which generous the spacing. generous spacing, the last 20, 30 pages, maybe more, are case studies. 
so, you know, you could dive in just with a specific case study. In fact, uh, when Basil was trying to talk me into buying his book, the first thing I did was read one of his case studies online. And, uh, you know, I thought the, the case study was Parasun, and I actually knew some of the background of the deal with Parasun. And, uh, but it went into much more detail, and it has testimonials uh, from the people involved, and that got me intrigued to, um, to read more. So, so when you, you know, you picked up, you got the book, right, and you're starting to read it, how long did it get, take you to get to? Did you read it in one go, beginning to end, or did you? I read it in a couple goes, uh, probably no more than an hour and a half each. Really? So you can blast through this, baby. Now, I have to, you know, in my role, I, I'm first and foremost an entrepreneur, uh, and uh, I've worked with Basil, I've co-invested with him, I've served on boards with him, so... We have to be a little careful. I've heard some of this material and have actively worked on some of it. That's probably one of the reasons I can read it a little faster. Uh, but it, it's well laid out. It's well thought out. The chapters are clear. You can dive into any one that you want. You know, if you're not in the immediate thinking about actually exiting, you don't have to read the chapter on the actual process of putting your company up for sale. Uh, if you're thinking about actively selling your company, you could skip all the other parts, but I really recommend that you read the chapter on how to put your company up for sale. For example, Basil makes a very good argument that the CEO is the last person who should actually be selling the company for a variety of reasons. One is to maximize the sale of the company. The company needs to be absolutely executing on its business plan and making sure that it achieves the milestones that are in the business plan. And that is a full-time endeavor for any significant enterprise. Uh, and, you know, it will take someone between 30 and 40 hours a week of time to actively go promote and sell a company. And this, to expect the CEO to take on both of those roles is unrealistic if you're going to maximize the selling price. Again, it gets to Basil's argument. We, you can sell it for 50% more if you follow the rules in his book. So an outsider is much more likely to produce a business plan uh, that is very attractive to investors because if you hire someone who's done multiple exits, they know how to position your company to be attractive. And uh, Basil also articulates you want to make sure that you have multiple bidders. Now, now you mentioned before there, there's a blog or a website that goes with this with this book, so there's continued reading as well. There is. Uh, if you Google Angel Blog, I don't have the URL right in front of me. Uh, you'll find uh, Basil's blog where he covers almost all of the information that is covered in early exits. He also has been building on that blog a wide variety of best practices for entrepreneurs and for angel investors. Uh, for anyone who's thinking of creating their own company, I, I pointed many young entrepreneurs to his blog as a source of um, really useful information. He has information on valuation. He has his recommended two-page term sheet uh, for doing your first deal. Uh, he has quite a wide variety of resources that I think any entrepreneur starting their own uh, startup can leverage. And one of the things he spends quite a bit of time talking about is how to structure the deal, especially if you're bringing in family and friends money. Uh, in such a way that the deal will still be attractive down the road should you ever choose to bring in outside investors like angel investors. Um, you know, and angel investors are an interesting group because they're almost, uh, to a person, former entrepreneurs. 
And of course, if you attract the right angel investors, they can bring as much value to you by their time and knowledge and experience as their money. Oh, absolutely. It's like having a, a mentor come on board and say, you know, I'm investing. This is my recommendation. And one of my recommendations would probably be reading this book. <laughs> yeah, for many, I think, uh, uh, angels, uh, that's true. Basil has been traveling um, across Canada and the U.S. presenting his ideas. He was the keynote speaker at the Canadian National Angel Association Conference uh, last fall. He has also um, lectured extensively to angel groups throughout the U.S. Uh, since the release of Early Exits. Okay, so basically the guy to know in Canada for this information. I believe so. I really think he, he is probably one of the top 10 angel investors in North America. And now he's put out a book and you were saying that there's no other book like this on the market really. In, there's not only not any book like this, much of the material in this book is absolutely fundamentally game-changing to the business of investing and our ideas which no one else has been talking about because no one else has done the research and really gone back and looked at the statistical data of exits with VCs, with angels, uh, and I think a lot of people are really paying attention because of the fact that all of this is leading-edge research and thinking uh, around the whole area of angel investing. You know, uh, we could go on and on and on talking all day on this because it's fascinating and, and I think it's critically important that people get into information like this and understand the options that are available. But I just wanted to thank you for spending some time chatting a little bit about it and uh, I'm sure people will be very interested in getting into this book. Thanks, Bob. Appreciated the chance to share. As always, it's been great. Well, that wraps it up for another great review. If you have a book you would like to chat about, please go to www.contactbob.tel and follow the podcast links for more information. See you next week.